0: Owner's corporations, or body corporations as they are once known, are the key to managing land titles with multiple owners such as units, apartments and sometimes whole housing estates.
1: They set a standard of how well a shared property is maintained and the reality is there's the good, the bad and the ugly in both building maintenance and owner's corporations.
0: Today we're going to find out how to know if your owner's corporation is doing the right thing by your block and what to do if they are. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langerter.
1: A respected leader in the strata management sector, we welcome back again Kate Hewitt, the Director of Strata Equity Management. Kate has worked in all facets of real estate and as a law clerk and she also holds a degree in political science which she puts to good use in her business. Welcome Kate. Hey. (laughs) How are you? Very well thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us Kate. Kate did our episode 12 about titles a few weeks back helping our uh, listeners know how to identify uh, what they are actually buying. So thanks for coming back again, Kate. And uh, how have you been?
2: Yeah, really good, thank you, actually. Really yeah, busy? Very busy. Yeah. It's good to be
1: busy in real estate. Oh, definitely. Yes, it's one of those industries that can go up and down like a roller coaster, but <laughs> you take the good when it comes. Absolutely. So let's get straight into it. The um, The reality is owners' corporation managers are necessary to maintain Order within a shared development but I do get a bit of a bad rap for various reasons. So what is it Kate that an owner corporation does? Um, an
2: owners corporation is there to manage the shared property or the shared assets between the owners so if you imagine you're in a block of flats and you walk out the door into a corridor that's common property. Who owns that? Everyone does by the owners corporation But that common property can extend to the whole facade of the building. It can extend to grounds. You might have gyms or some other common asset. It's as varied as there are as many different properties. So the Owners Corporation is formed to manage all of that, but it's also there to protect people's rights um, and to maintain the rules. So it's quite a complex and broad role that we have. Um, and um, many people don't really understand what it is we do that's a common question
1: yeah it is a common question um but and owners corporations can be just you know your standard blocks of apartments and units but it can also be like massive housing estates like I know Sandhurst, the golf community, that's a body corporate and it's, you know, including the golf course and the clubhouse and, and all the houses on it. And they're, you know, massive, aren't they? Those kind of things.
2: Absolutely. You can have hundreds and hundreds of homes, um, quite separate homes, like a normal suburban street, but they're actually part of an owner's corporation.
1: Yeah. Some people don't. Know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Kate, if there is a defect to the common property, say a broken pipe that's flooding the basement car park, how is that usually brought to the attention of the owner's corporation?
2: Well, the owner's corporation manager won't be out on site every day. So we rely on either the caretaker or you might have a building manager there every day or just the owners themselves to let us know what needs to be done. That can be done via email or phone call, or you can, some more um, sophisticated properties will actually have a building management software that owners can log into and log a maintenance call.
1: Oh, wow, that's very good. Interesting. Yeah, Um, so we've got a listener question here. Chris from Sunshine is looking at buying his first investment property. Because he won't be living there, he wants to know what to look out for when he's buying a property. If the owner's corporation is good or bad, how can you tell by just looking at the property or being at the property or even like reading the information about the property?
2: Well, what I would be looking at is whether the owner's corporation certificate um, is showing a budget, not just the financial statements, but a budget to tell you how they're spending their money. Um, and to term, or depending on how they spend their money, um, whether the property is well-maintained, a property inspection's vital. Title, but you really do need to particularly read through the OC certificate and you also need to check to see if there's any levies or other um, unexpected costs coming up. They need to be listed in that OC certificate. Yes. So, you know, and Is if there's law? any,
0: sorry, pardon? Is that by law?
2: By law. But lots of
1: owners still purchase properties without reading that. Yes, mm. I can imagine. Because most people think, oh yeah, I got myself a really cheap little apartment, and yes, the body corporates are maybe a couple of thousand dollars a year. But what has gone into that is another thing. What are the, the um, what was it, the slush fund kind of thing?
2: How is my contributions being spent? Is it being spent on good regular maintenance, or is this you know a cheap body corporate? If you see a body corporate with cheap fees, you can guarantee yourself. That they're not being well-maintained. So I'd be really wary of anybody corporate that has low fees. Low fees means
1: low maintenance, which means poor outcomes in the future. Yeah, and also less money or less return on your property eventually like on the, in the long term. That's right, less capital improved value.
0: Yeah. Hypothetically, say we have a 60s brick apartment block of eight by two bedroom apartments, what can be the difference in owners' corporation fees from lowest to highest that would be expected? I'm okay,
2: sorry. well you can have a block like that that could have fees as low as two hundred dollars a quarter,
0: yeah,
2: um, and then you could have fees or as about as high as five or six hundred dollars a quarter, and the difference will be whether or not you're undertaking um, regular gutter cleaning, regular window cleaning, and saving money for future major maintenance yeah. um, if you've had a fund or, or an owner's corporation that's been well managed all along and, and maintenance has been done right throughout your fees will sit somewhere in the middle of that okay 350 yeah. to400 dollars mm-hmm. but if you've got a property that is not well maintained they'll be down about 200 and if you've got a property that has previously not been well maintained and you're having to play catch up now, Five or six hundred dollars is not unheard of
1: per yeah. quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a good sort of round figure, and it's still affordable. It's not excessive. Um, no. So hopefully, uh, people who are interested in buying two-bedroom apartments in the Sixties building will <laughs>
0: know
1: where they're standing. Anyway,
0: I, I guess it's prudent then to really have a look at where the whole building stands in terms in terms of its maintenance, doesn't it? Like as in, you know, if you can see that it's poorly maintained in recent times, then chances are your you, um, costs will go up.
2: Yes, that's that's right. If the property hasn't been well maintained, you could end up being hit with huge levies to um, to undertake repairs. I've got a building such as that at the moment um, that I've managed for a few years, and we're stepping our way through bringing the building up to date, um, but. Sadly, for the last 20 years, it's not been well-maintained and they've not gathered funds um, mm. to maintain the building. So, yeah, the, the pain is being felt by the owners now.
1: Yeah. And that's really hard because if, you know, you're a fairly dedicated owner and you want new windows because they're all rotting or, or you want um, the gardens to look a bit prettier than they, they were and, and you want to get rid of that rubbish out of that communal laundry that no-one's really using and... You versus you know, five or six other owners are keen on that, but there's say two owners who aren't, um, you know, who have been. say the two owners who haven't been, they've been there for twenty years, and they go, "Well, we like it as it is." It's a hard task, isn't it, just to to agree on it to get it all done.
2: Absolutely, it takes a strong manager though to be able to explain to the group of owners the the capital improved value of a of a well-maintained block and not just that, the better tenants that you get in. I've done it with blocks before where we've had a lot of really problematic tenants um, in the property Mm. and they've not maintained it well and the property's become run down as a result. Mm. Convincing those owners to expend some funds on that property to lift the profile, to lift the appearance, then it lifts the rental value so they get a better quality of tenant in and all of a sudden, every, all those problems
1: are ironed out. Yeah. actually works well. Yeah. It's a, it's a rollover effect, isn't it?
2: It is very much. But it takes a strong manager. If you've got a manager who just turns up to the meeting and does a tick, and you know, oh, yeah, okay, okay. That's one thing. But if you get a strong manager who's really invested in getting the property looking good again,
1: you know, it's a win-win that's and that's what you want that's right how involved should your owner's corp manager be what's too involved what's the point of being creepy or (laughs) 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 you know not involved enough yeah okay
2: i've never known an oc manager who's (laughs) who's got enough time to be that creepy too involved (laughs) 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 we're all very busy um yeah because it's a numbers game, but not involved enough is the manager who um, you don't get an email response. For. You know, if you send an email or you you phone your manager, you should get a response the same day or the next day. Um, if you're not getting a response for a couple of weeks, you've got a manager who's got too many properties on their portfolio and they're not invested enough in yours. So you need somebody who's giving really good service outcomes um, and who's responsive. And who comes to the AGM prepared with quotes for work that they would suggest might need to be done, instead of just saying, oh, would you like to do this? Saying, look, I think you should be doing this. Here's a couple of quotes. Let's make a decision.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to be forceful but tactful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, just strong and
2: give them guidance and leadership. Yeah. That's good. How often
0: should we hear from our owners corporation manager, outside of us contacting you and you responding? What what are the what's the yearly expectations that we'd hear from you?
2: Okay, well if we're going back to the sample of um, an eight unit property, mm-hmm. you're only really going to hear from your OC manager once a year for the AGM, mm-hmm. uh, each quarter for your contributions, Um, and that's pretty much all that you'll hear from them unless something urgent arises and and it's brought to their attention, then they'll contact you. Um, If you're talking about um, a 200-unit tower, your OC manager is going to be there at least once every couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's courses with courses. If you've got a manager who's coming out every couple of months to an eight-unit subdivision, They're not busy enough. They've Mm -hmm. not got enough properties to look after. Um, It's really, you know, a property that size, the owner should be letting the manager know what needs to happen. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah, because you see those little letter boxes out the front of some of those apartments and you're like body corporate manager or owner's corporate manager. Who goes collects that for you and makes sure that you get it? Do you, do you just collect every three months or something? Well,
2: an owner's corporation only needs a, a body corporate letterbox if they don't have um, a plaque on the... Um, to property. Oh, okay. um, So, if you've got a body corporate letterbox and you've got a plant, the manager should actually be closing off that body corporate letterbox so okay. that they don't get all that wonderful junk mail that yeah. gets delivered all the time. Yeah. Fair but enough. Yeah. That said, um, if you don't have your plant there and there's a body corporate letterbox, you should be clearing it quite regularly. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Okay, so another listener, um, Nick from Ballarat is concerned about his noisy neighbour when he's trying to study in the early hours of the morning. He thinks it may be some religious music blaring, like an old prayer, odd prayer times. And he's wondering if he should report it to his own corporation, because there's supposed to be some sort of element of noise control between certain times of the day, or should he just make it a matter for the police? I think you should do both. Um, If it's loud enough
2: that you would call the police, because you've got to remember if it's just somebody making noise that would be okay in the daytime but not a loud party, the Mm. police probably won't take any action. There are guidelines for the EPA uh, about noise and noise times, but the police won't always be able to attend. So if it's a party, I would go straight to the police. But if it's somebody who's just making what would be reasonable noise in the daytime, but in the middle of the night and disturbing you, going to your OC manager is a good way to deal with it. Yeah. The manager should then be able to approach the people who are making the noise and say, look, do you realise this is causing a disturbance? Because most times they won't. Yeah. And then, you know, manage the process through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think in that instance, because as you said, it was like religious music, like it's prayer times or something, which you know is a bit odd for a student but yeah you just don't know what circumstances they're listening to their music at that particular time at three o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the morning and mm. all that sort of stuff but yeah yeah it's it's probably not a police about it possibly
0: no all right so what happens if you want to change the owner's corporation manager if you're not happy
2: okay well there's all sorts of processes to go through. One of them is you've got to look at the contract. You've got to get a copy of that contract from the manager because that contract will tell you what the date of expiry is and what are the conditions that you can terminate their services. So that's
1: step one. So there's actually a date of expiry on, on a contract with an owners' corp? That's right. Wow. And that, I
0: didn't realise that. Yeah. yeah,
2: I didn't realise it either.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So you know that contract is anywhere is going to be anywhere between twelve months um, and say up to five years. Yeah. So you've got to understand now you can terminate a manager for poor performance within that contract period, but you've got to be really particular about that.
1: Yeah. Most
2: managers will give a twelve month or two year or three year contract. Mm. Um, so get a copy of the contract and know what the end date is. Then you need to get together with your other owners. Mm. and make a decision which manager to go to, which manager to change to. Now, some people will engage a consultant to assist them with that process. But those consultants, while they don't charge the owner's corporation, they will charge the new manager. Mm. And that can be up to three times of the management fees per annum. Wow. So it means you've got a manager who will be working for you for nothing for three years. So my recommendation is to go and get referrals. Speak to your friends who are happy with their OC manager. Find out who's managing their properties and get a couple of proposals. Sit down as a group, think about what's written in those proposals and then maybe interview those managers Mm. for yourself and see whether you're happy with them. But remember... If they're a big company, you'll be meeting the business development manager, not the actual manager who's managing your property. Yeah. So ask for that manager to come to the meeting too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that way, you get to meet the person that you would be interacting with and you can have confidence that, you know, that you will be looked after and your property will be well maintained.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I know I've been through a few properties where they've said that, oh, you know, we're so sick of this body corporate manager. Like, they're just not doing what we've asked them to do. Like, yeah, yeah. And there was one I did in uh, Parkdale recently where they had changed it within the last 12 months. And she goes, it's amazing how much stuff actually got done around here. And so she was really happy to be able to sell the house knowing that, well, the apartment, knowing that it was in good hands, you know, in terms of the management of the building.
0: For the people coming in.
1: For the people coming in, Yeah. The right manager
2: will, will give you a better capital-improved outcome.
1: Yeah, and that's what you want because, um, yeah, like you can imagine owning an apartment or a unit or something like that and it's, you know, run by the body corporate and, and you're selling it but you feel embarrassed because the common property may not be how you would personally like it and you're trying to dress it up as much as you can and you can't because this is common land and, and ideally you, you'd like to sell knowing that you've got a, a competent body corporate or owner's corporate manager. Looking after it all. Absolutely. What happens when different owners have different expectations from the common property?
0: Okay, it's
2: all about managing the group because the two most common differences will be owner occupiers who want the place to look great Mm -hmm. versus absent investors who want to maximise their rental income from the property. so it's a matter of getting the two groups to understand each other's perspective Mm -hmm. um and getting you know as the oc manager it's really you know you've got to make sure the property is well maintained so you basically have to turn the investors around to understanding that maintaining their property well will actually serve them better the example i i mentioned earlier about um, doing up the property so you mm-hmm. get a better rental return and you get better tenants and it's it's a win win all around. It's yeah. just simply a matter of working with the group, listening to what everyone has to say, and then understanding how to to turn the um, the nose into a yes. Yeah. If you yeah. yeah, it's just group dynamics. It is. Yeah, I'm
1: sure.
0: Mm.
2: the pol- you know, hence the politics degree. <laughs> it does come in handy.
0: All right, so how are insurance claims dealt with?
2: Well, this is going to be one of two ways. If, um, for instance, as a a manager, I have a relationship with an insurance broker Mm -hmm. um, and that broker shares their commission with me um, and I am authorised as a representative of that broker for insurance. So uh, by that broker, I'll procure the insurance and then I will manage the claims process for them. So if, a, if a, an owner has a claim, they'll send the information to me and I'll arrange quotes and I will issue the lodge the claim with the insurer, etc. Yeah. Otherwise, if they want to go direct and they don't want to pay their manager a commission, the owners have to go through all of that process themselves. They have to find the insurance. They have to manage their claims. So I think at the end of the day, they're better off if they go with a manager who's got a relationship with a broker and who can assist them with all of that, yeah. The, the insurance, um, we're assured by the insurers that the insurance costs no more for that because whether you go direct to an insurer or via a broker and the broker will get paid a commission, or if you go direct to the insurer and no one gets paid a commission,
0: the premium's going
2: to be the same.
0: Yeah. Just on that, yeah. Is that because basically the insurer's happy to take? a little bit of a discount on the, on the fees and share that with the owner's corp, basically due to the fact that it's just gonna be easier to deal with you rather than... Exactly. Is that yeah. where it's basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's right.
2: The, the cost saving for the insurer comes in that um, they're dealing with a professional manager. They've got one point of contact for the property instead of having to deal with all the different owners. It's just a cleaner and easier process for the insurer. So Mm -hmm. that's right. They they will take that little bit of a a hit on their bottom line um, for the ease of doing business.
1: Yeah.
2: Makes
0: Makes sense. sense.
1: Yeah. How does it work when there is an even number of properties to make a decision on common matters? Okay. That one's actually um, been
2: well thought out by the legislators Mm -hmm. um, and it's enshrined in the Owners' Corporation Act that every Owners' Corporation, whether they're big or small, more whether they have a committee or don't have a committee they must have a chairperson mm-hmm. and in the matter of a vote that's tied on even numbers the chairperson has a casting
1: vote if they want to it's change, really yeah it's really easy so if they want to change the old rotted timber windows for you know commercial grade double glazed windows which i've seen on a few properties in recent weeks and there's 10 people voting it's 50 50 and it's going to cost you I oh, know ten grand each unit or something to get it all done. But then the chairperson—they've got the sounding vote. so everyone just has to. That's right. Ten grand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it it pays
2: to be the chairperson. There's a bit of responsibility, yeah. but it, it pays to be the chairperson. You get your way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. What are the responsibilities of the chairperson?
2: They're the first port of call between the manager and the group. So when, say, I have a committee and I've got a decision that I need made. I will send that decision to the entire group so I know everyone's been told about it, but then I tell them to to discuss it amongst themselves, not include me Mm. so I don't get all of the different email traffic. They're the ones that have got to moderate that group and come back to me with the instructions of the group, Mm. preferably by email, copying all the other members in so that they are the ones who are instructing me. The buck stops with them to make sure that they get a decision and that they um, give me my
1: instructions so one person saying olive from you know apartment one goes i want those windows i really really want those windows and then clive from apartment eight goes i just can't afford it aren't? and so he, olive sends you an email saying we've all agreed and then clive sends you an email saying no we don't want to go ahead with this you know what happens then
2: <laughs> well that's the thing only the chairperson can give me the instruction Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's how I, it it prevents that very issue. The chairperson is the one who's tasked with that and they have to make sure that I see every owner's copied in on that communication so that I know that the chairperson's not just going out on their own. Yeah. And going, yeah, I want this, but no one else is in agreement. Everyone has to be copied in. Yeah. So it's really, it's about managing, um, once again, you know, they're involved in the management and they're
0: your partner
2: in managing the
0: property. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Are there any other parties that we haven't discussed involved in the scenario at all? Um, for instance, the chairperson, I wasn't really aware of, but is there anything else we haven't secretary,
2: asked? The... You can have a secretary. The, the manager can be appointed as a secretary, but um, the chairperson and secretary are two roles that um, have the authority to call a general meeting. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's the manager upon instruction from the committee or upon process from the act. So, you know, the chairperson and secretary can call for a ballot or a meeting, so they can control those sorts of processes as well. Mm-hmm. The secretary is supposed to receive all written communication on the owner's corporation. And that's why you usually delegate that role to the manager, so yeah. that we receive all of that, and manage all of that sometimes they will appoint a secretary as one of the owners and that secretary will delegate that um, function on to the manager as well so that they actually do have somebody who says that, you know, who has the title of secretary, mm-hmm. but all the work's really done
1: by the manager. Yeah, and the treasurer would be the same person be the manager as well. You, you're the treasurer, aren't you?
2: Yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, look, um, you can have a treasurer, but it's not a legislated role. Yeah. Um, so there's only the only roles that are written into the legislation are the chairperson and secretary, okay. or committee member. Um, but you can delegate one of the committee members to be a treasurer, um, and some properties do. Yeah, so it's usually the accountant in the group. Yeah, usually. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. So what happens if someone misses a payment or is well behind in payments, contributing to the management of the building? Like, how is that dealt okay. with?
2: Well, look, it's a really. It's a, if you have a clear process of managing that, it's the easiest way. One of my previous hats was as a credit manager. So um, it's a pretty easy thing for me to understand. You send your fee notice out and you send a reminder. Now, the, the Act doesn't say you have to send that reminder. I prefer to, and I think good managers do. But 28 days after the debt was due, you have to issue what's called a final fee notice, that's legislated in the Act. And that's your, this is your last chance to pay before penalties apply. Once they get that final fee notice, the penalty interest ticks back from day one of the debt. And currently that's around 9% per annum. So you're paying a high interest on the debt. In Queensland, for instance, they made that penalty interest higher than credit card debt. So it was cheaper to pay off your credit card than to have a debt to the owners' corporation. And I think that's kind of clever. I'd like to see that in Victoria, but we haven't got there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but once you get a final fee notice, if, so that's 28 days old, if after another 28 days they still haven't paid that debt, you've got the right to go to VCAT to apply for a judgment. Mm -hmm. At that point, a good manager will pick up the phone and say to the lot owner, What's going on? Did you receive your fee notice? Is there a problem? Can we sort out a payment plan? Because the last thing you want to do is take your client to VCAT. Yeah. If you can't resolve it, and sometimes it can't be, you go to VCAT and then you're on into the court system. From VCAT, you go on to the magistrate's court or the federal circuit court. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare that I find that I have to take my clients to VCAT for debt recovery because 99% of people just need someone to help sort that through. Mm. And that's where that phone call is really important. So what happens if they've died? You know? Uh (laughs) Aha. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, there are some people, it does (laughs) happen, or there are some people who play the system and will not pay. As I said, the honest corporation's earning about 9 or 9.5% per annum on that debt. Mm. So they're getting better returns than they would if the money was in the bank. Yeah. so you've got two choices. you can pursue the estate, but that's it's not a, it's not a good look. What you would typically do is put all debt recovery on hold, the debt would continue to accrue, and when the estate um, resolves the outcome, um, the first port of the first party to get paid on that settlement will be the owner's corporation. because under owners' corporation law, the debt travels with the lot, mm-hmm. which means that when that property transacts. Transacts, the new owner will inherit the debt. They don't want to pay that debt. They'll be saying to the vendor, You've got to pay that out of the proceeds of the settlement, so it's tidied up at settlement. So you'll get your money in the end.
0: That'll that'll ultimately then be actioned by the real estate agency selling it, won't it? Oh,
1: the
0: solicitor. It'll be by the
2: conveyance or solicitor at settlement. And then it'll be out of their their hands anyway. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. the owners' corporation will always get its money.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's
2: a matter of when.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> you know, 9%, it's it's actually a good rate. So, like, if anyone thinks they're going to be benefited by not paying, you know, and, and doing a dodgy, it's just not going to work out for you because, really, it works in the favour of the owners' corp in, yeah. in a way anyway. Yeah. At exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah so there you
1: go well thank you again Kate um it really is quite involved the management of unit and apartment blocks hopefully our listeners will be more sympathetic to your quest in creating peaceful dealings with the owners of apartments and units and our listeners will be a bit more savvy in knowing what is right to expect from their owners corporation managers we're going to take a small break and come back with Grant's final Facts
0: Number one, a couple of years ago, a war broke out amongst owners at a uh, iconic St. Kilda building. Of the building's 70-odd owners, 33 say the building has been badly mismanaged and were very upset that it was uh, deteriorating due to the body corporate functions as a a personal fiefdom to the building's wealthier tenants, nightclubs and bars. Uh, In journalist Clay Lucas's words from the Herald Sun, poor security and easy access uh, by outsiders to apartments at the St Kilda's iconic building have led to regular problems for residents. These include drug patrons from bars downstairs roaming the corridors, sex workers servicing clients on stairwells, drug users injecting on fire escapes. In one notable incident uh, last July, this was in March 2017. A naked intruder walked the corridors, knocking on doors, and masturbating. So, not very nice. Uh, Consumer Affairs Victoria, uh, not long after this elder review of Owners Corporations Act, acts to address how they could improve the Act, solve issues like this in the future, and have since updated the Act to improve these sorts of situations. So, so it's a bit of an interesting situation.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I, that was a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Well.
1: Yeah. So
0: uh, actually with this particular building, I, I won't name it, but th- <laughs> this, this particular one, the majority of it was held by the actual nightclubs and bars and things down the bottom, which left the Resonance. residents with less power than those particular parts of the building. So yeah um it didn't benefit the, the nightclubs and that to spend money maintaining the property for the rest of the for the residents of the building yeah. so there's a bit of an interesting situation this particular yeah this a bit building, a but yeah so, Would, um, so have you, you heard of
1: situations like that before where um re, uh, the commercial side of <laughs> i have
2: had situations like that whereby um, some lot owners who've, who've got a different, they're out of step with the residential, particularly commercials, um, have an unfair advantage over the residential. It's simply, what you've got to do is um, you end up taking the matter to VCAT and having the VCAT overrule those, those lot owners that have um, a, you know, a, a stranglehold on the points of entitlement. They're your voting rights. Yeah. They have a stranglehold on that and it's out of step with the development. You just take it to VCAT and they will make the decision. It's not nice to have to do that. You try and manage it through otherwise, but really ultimately that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
0: there is there is course of action there for yeah, those who uh, are in that, situation. in that sort of situation. Yeah, there you go. Because there's a lot
1: more commercial slash residential buildings popping up with all these, um, you know, was it twenty thirty developments? developments? Um, like around train stations. Do you know what I mean? Like the Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: Generally speaking, there'll only be one or two commercial lots within those and it won't they won't have this disparity of voting right. Yeah. So you will be okay. I think the building that you were speaking of, um, was an extraordinary circumstance and, yeah. and one that um, developers are now well aware of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm sure. There
0: you go. Second uh, fact. fun fact or you know discussion point. We all know the story surrounding the Opal Tower in uh, Sydney and the defects of the building. While this may be a bit beyond the Owners' Corporations Act because um, builders and developers and everything's involved in sorting the problem out, under warranty of the building and all that sort of stuff, I believe, Uh, to highlight the effects um, of such a dramatic event on a building and, and defects, I just wanted to, I suppose highlight how that's affected the particular suburb involved. So uh, apartment sales in in Sydney Olympic Park plummeted last year with buyers leaving the area in droves. The suburb saw sales down a massive 75% in the year ending December 2019. There were just 39 sales in the apartment heavy suburb last year down from 153 wow. in the year previous to the to the issues so uh overall the medium unit price fell 9.8 percent so, so yeah, yeah. one yeah. one building with, with such a
1: with that flammable use worthy um, material on the outside the flammable fighting yeah because oh,
0: yeah. well? yes, there was about. a lot of cracking in the building too yeah. Tower. Yeah,
2: that one it was definitely there was cracking in the building, it was poorly engineered, mm. um, soil testing wasn't done well. This is a huge topic and one that um that you know a lot of work is going into. One of the biggest issues that we have is that building surveyors who sign off on buildings mm. are employed by the builders not independently so if you get a building surveyor who is tough on the builder and says no 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 you need to achieve these standards they're never going to get work again
0: yeah yeah Yeah.
2: where the problem arises we could talk for uh, actually great length about um, the flammable cladding and the process that's happening in Victoria right now I'd be happy to do
0: that. We've got you for two more now <laughs> Common defects reported by owners in a park box. Uh, number one comes in as internal water leaks, 42%. Number two comes in at cracking to internal or external structures. Water penetration from outside is number three on the list. Number four is guttering faults. Uh, number five, defective roof coverings. Number six, defective plumbing. Seven, uh, tiling problems. Number eight, building movement. Number nine, noise breakthrough. Uh, and ten, defective balcony balustrades. Um, and then you've got, yeah, fire safety, electric faults. Electric Does that sound about right to you? absolutely yeah yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: There's some, boring, most common. yeah definitely water between lots where you've got um a broken down or deficient waterproof membrane say from a shower from upstairs that will cause leakage through the structure into the apartment below that's just one so yeah. there's, there's a huge topic to talk about
0: yeah yep yeah. yep so there you go so that's kind of the most common um, defects and maybe stuff that you may want to, I guess, look out for before purchasing an apartment in a block. Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely,
2: I've been looking yeah. at the age of the apartment and, and um, the quality of um, of the workmanship and, yeah, yeah. and whether or not it's had a full
0: refit. Yeah. So yeah, that's where i have be Building inspections are important to pay for before purchasing a property, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely,
2: how much are you spending on that property and, 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 you know, why would you not spend a few hundred dollars on having somebody um, with with expertise inspect it for you.
0: Yeah,
1: that's it. This is quick quiz. What's the best Melbourne charity to donate to? What's your favourite? Melbourne City Mission. Yep, awesome. Who has more fun, blondes, brunettes, grey nomads, or redheads? Oh, I have to say, um, I would say blondes. Blondes have more fun. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever won an award?
0: Uh,
2: yes, I have, but not in owners' corporation yet. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: there
2: you go. Um, i been a finalist. been a finalist? Okay. You
0: better tell us what your award was. Though. Yeah.
2: What was your award? Um, it was... Oh, look, no. I no, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. What's your favourite Melbourne gallery to visit? The National Gallery of Victoria. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, do you support any Melbourne sports teams? Oh, yes. Who? Uh Richmond. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Um,
2: and the Melbourne Vixens for netball. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. good yeah. work. Yeah. Remember <laughs> of their cheese club? Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, what's your go-to wine variety? Um, look, it's really hard because I've got three favourites, but if I had to pick the preeminent, it would be Giriff. Giriff? Have you heard of that?
1: No. Ah. What's Giriff? The
2: it's a really heavy red. It's usually 145 to 15% alcohol, really rich in tannins. It's, it's, it's the, the red that will hit you like a Mack truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After a hard day's work.
1: <laughs> okay, what's oh, your, <laughs> your favourite meal to cook for your family?
2: Actually, steak sandwiches. I do a beautiful steak sandwich with like an eye fillet and nice. lots of... Um, condiments and oh it's fabulous yeah
0: i'm a fan good work where
1: would we find you on a typical saturday evening oh well after i've finished netball for the day
2: Mm -hmm. probably um either at dinner with a friend or feed up on the coffee
1: table on the couch
0: yeah good work
1: this one's a little bit controversial who's sexier russell crowe or eric banner
2: (laughs) Oh, eric banner
1: Yeah. yeah
2: I go. loved him. I loved him in, um, yeah, in many of his movies. Although Russell was pretty damn good in Gladiator and yeah. Master and Commander, I have to say, but yeah. I reckon Eric
0: takes the cake. Yeah, cool. <laughs> He played um, a pretty creepy role with that uh, Dirty John. I don't know if you caught that. Oh yeah. Briefly. Have
1: you seen Dirty John? Uh
2: yes, I did. Oh yeah. yeah. He, look, he, look, but he's just gold, isn't he? And besides, Russell's New Zealand. Eric's
1: Australian. Yeah. I get that. That's it. Good stuff. And the last question, where's your favorite place to get an ice cream? Oh, my favorite place to get an ice cream in
2: Melbourne. Um, Oh, I must admit, probably my freezer, because I don't go out for ice cream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think your freezer's fine.
0: (laughs) Good
1: stuff. Good stuff. So we'd like to thank you, Kate Ewart, from Strata Equity Management, for giving us a fabulous episode, again, about owners' corporations. We hope to get you back later in
0: the year and next week we have Zali Reynolds back from Shelter Real Estate to talk to us about uh, what to be looking for in your advertising schedule when you're signing up an agent to sell your home it will be opening stuff so we'll see you next week thanks very much thanks Kate
1: Real Estate Right is a real copyright and we shoot buildings production we would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast audio stock for sound effects, Zoom communications for our video conferencing and premium beat for our theme music. Don't forget to like Real Estate Right on Facebook, Instagram or subscribe on your favourite podcast service. If you have any questions you'd like to ask for a future episode, send an email to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.